of this passage that we have read in John chapter 10, I'd like to start and give you the sort of title for our meditation this morning from verse 11, where Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. He actually repeats this in verse 14. And you read there again, I am the good shepherd. Well, we, mo we may want to ask ourselves this morning, what does this really mean? And what does Jesus mean? Because, you see, I'm sure you have witnessed yourself, many people in this world today think of the Lord Jesus Christ as merely a good man. Perhaps, yes, a good man that lived a good life, but still a weak person. Perhaps this Jesus, uh, they say, has been a good one, a good person. He did many good things, but actually at the very end, he was defeated. Uh, all, all his projects and his efforts um, really didn't go up, didn't end up very well. He wasn't understood. Well, if you really look at Jesus' life, if you really listen to what he said, you cannot come to this conclusion. Because Jesus either was the greatest liars, liar of this earth, or he actually was what he claimed to be, who he claimed to be. And you have in this chapter, really, uh, the very proof of it. He is declaring here why he came and what he came to do, and that he was not an ordinary person. He is uttering here for the first time in the gospel the I am. And this I am may not seem so special for the 21st century man, a person, uh, but for the Jews, as we have read, it was clear. This statement, I am, was driving them right back to the burning bush, to the desert where Moses heard who God was, the Jehovah. He said to Moses, you tell the people of Israel that I am spoke to you. The eternal one, the fearful one that the Jews knew much of. So Jesus here is repeating these very words and he's declaring to the people there, I am that one. I am the eternal God. I am the second person of the triune God. And the very proof of this, you had, when we read at the end of this passage, the Jews took stones to stone him. They said to him, we are, not, we are not killing you because of something good you have done, but because you made yourself God. So this is not a fancy idea we can uh, make up from the, the Gospels. Jesus declared to be God. It's undisputable. This is what he said of himself. <clears throat> Uh, 
And so here he says, I am the good shepherd. And I want to look at four things briefly. <clears throat> First of all, we need to see what he means by saying that he is good. And then we shall look at what this shepherd does. He not only is good, but he gives. And also he guides. And thirdly, he gathers. <clears throat> These four aspects of the shepherd. So first of all, when Jesus says, I am the good shepherd, he means this, he is good. And this word good in the Greek, the original Greek, is a special one. Because you can use in Greek uh, many words to describe, for example, you can use one word to describe that somebody or something is positive and nice and good. Uh, but the word here that Jesus is using is in the Greek kalos, which is actually meaning the quality of a person. It's always been used for the addressing someone's qualities. And this word kalos means beautiful, handsome, ex excellent, and much more. You can add precious, suitable, admirable. It's the description of a person. And there he says, I am the good shepherd. This is even stressed linguistically because the original language actually, if we translate it uh, literally, will say, I am the shepherd, the good one. In other words, there is no comparison. Listen carefully, Jesus says, I am that good shepherd, the only one. So this is fundamental. This is in vital to remember. Jesus is not just saying, I'm, I'm one of many nice shepherds. But Jesus is saying, I'm God. I am the good shepherd, the only one good, truly good, as only God can be. And see... Compare this to what Moses has heard in the wilderness, what the people of Israel have witnessed in the wilderness, in the mountain of Sinai, as the commandments were given, trembling mountain, shaken with thunders, and the fear that they experienced there. And when Moses heard that voice coming out of the burning bush, he had to take away his shoes, and he went face down on the earth and trembled in hearing this voice. Jesus is that good shepherd. God is showing all his goodness in the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. There, in front of these people's eyes, there was the living Christ, the Messiah that had to come, and God says, here is my dear, good son. He is your shepherd. 
and you don't need to have this declaration of Christ because actually as you look at all his life, that's where you see Christ's goodness. When he declared, looking at the multitude, that he was moved by compassion because he saw all these people scattered abroad. We read in the Matthew of Gospel, uh, the Gospel of Matthew, chapter nine. Jesus saw the multitudes, and he said he had compassion on them because they fainted and they were scattered as sheep without a shepherd. Imagine his heart and his willingness to reveal himself to all of them, to you today. Jesus says, I am the good shepherd, and I've come to show you the goodness of God, the perfect, beautiful, excellent, precious, infinite goodness of God. I am, Jesus says. The eternal one. I am good. Now he says, right here in this verse 11, notice, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. So this is the first thing we learn. This shepherd, this good shepherd, he gives. And he gives his life as a gift. And he compares in this parable the different attitudes and work of the true good shepherd, humanly speaking, to a hireling, someone that is merely doing his job. And you've noted, you've noticed what he says. Uh, normally, uh, a hireling uh, who gets paid for his job doesn't own the sheep. And so he looks at the sheep for a while and if something dangerous happens then he runs away and all he's interested is in his money in his wage if something goes far above his demands or if there is too much risk then he leaves the sheep to themselves he goes and if you go back to First Samuel and you remember, uh, read the, the, the life of David, who was a picture of this good shepherd. David, who then became a king when he was a shepherd. You can read in Samuel, First Samuel 17 how he is describing his life as a, as a faithful shepherd uh, to King Saul. He would say, when I, I don't fear to fight because when I saw the lion and the bear I protected my sheep and I took one of my sheep out of the mouth of a lion that's how a good shepherd truly acts to save his sheep that was David the shepherd that penned by the spirit that lovely Psalm 23 that's how a true shepherd actually shows his love for the sheep. He risks his life for the sheep. But here is the good shepherd. He not only risks his life for the sheep, he gives his life for the sheep. 
this good shepherd lays down his life for his sheep. This is an idea that is repeated in this portion so many times. In verse 15, Jesus says, I lay down my life for the sheep. Verse 17, he repeats that I lay down my life that I may, might take it again. And verse 18 again, he explains how he has this power, extraordinary, out of this world power to lay down his life and to take it again. Here is God, the good shepherd. Lest anyone will have any, uh, any small doubt that Christ was a defeated one, that was victim of the rolling of events and ended up on that cross because he was misunderstood. No, no, Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. Listen, I've come to lay down my life because I have the power to do this. The Roman soldiers, Caesar, the Pharisees, everybody else, they were merely instruments. But I have the power to lay down my life and to take it again. And so why does this shepherd lay down his life? Well, that's obvious. It is, it is clearly stated for the good of the sheep. Because I am good. It's so, so true um, what I heard from a preacher once say in an evangelistic meeting. He said, I've got a devastating news for you, he said. Bad news. Devastating. God is good. Yeah. God is good. And because God is good, and he's a good judge, and he's a perfectly good judge, you should be frightened. Because you are a, a sinner. And as every good judge is meant to punish a criminal, God in his goodness will have to destroy you. That's bad news for a sinner. God is good and righteous and perfect and holy. That should frighten you. And so it is only here that you realize the goodness of God. And what the good shepherd says when he says, I lay down my life for my sheep. For my sheep are sinners, ugly. And do you today realize that you don't have any hope for your sins? Do you today think of yourself so highly that you may do anything acceptable to God so that you may be saved, received? What are you going to do with your sins if you acknowledge one or two or some of them? If you are conscious of your disobedience, what are you going to do 
with your sins. For God is good, extremely high, good, and perfect and holy. And so if you go back to the image of the shepherd and David as he was rescuing the sheep out of the mouth of the lion, what would that sheep say when she realized of having been spared and taken out of the mouth of the lion? What would that be? What would she say? What would she do but cling to the shepherd? Be thankful for him, for his work for his salvation. Are you such a sheep today? Do you realize of your sins and your sinfulness and your utter hopelessness before a most holy God so that you can appreciate and see that this good shepherd has come to give up his life for you? Do you believe that this Jesus, the incarnate Messiah, has laid down his life to pay for your sins? That's the centrality of the gospel. Here is Jesus giving us in such simple images and simple words the root of the matter. And so this good shepherd, Jesus says, I am he, and I am the one who gives. He gives, and I give my life. I'm not merely come to save you in an ordinary way, or humanly speaking, taking you away from a place, but I have come here to give my life. Well, secondly, or maybe thirdly, he's good, he gives, but then he also guides. We have noted this in other portions, for example, in verse 4, uh, we have read, when he puts forth his own sheep, he goes before them, and he, the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. And perhaps verse 27, again, Jesus is repeating, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. And this parallel with the sheep is so beautiful and practical and helpful, because I've asked this to uh, real shepherds that I've met here in, in the denomination, more than one, and all of them tell me that Sheep naturally need to be guided. They need a shepherd. That's their nature. And uh, I read somewhere as well that uh, if those who are advocate for evolution uh, would look at sheep, they should actually readily wonder how evolution can ever be true. Because, uh, not, not because sheep are stupid animals, not at all, but certainly because if you look at sheep and their behavior, they are, first of all, quite defenseless. They have naturally not horns, 
to defend themselves. They are uh, not prone to avoid danger alone. They often, I'm told, they eat uh, dangerous plants and they can be sick very often. And I'm told by my elder indoors that often he used to go and his job was to look at the sheep and be, uh, be careful that none of them would be turned on their back because if they are left on their back, they could be dying there. They are not able to reverse and go back to their feet. So we need to help them. So I wonder if those who are advocates of evolution uh, would think of this. Because if the fittest only should survive, how on earth do we have sheep around? And Jesus is using so wisely this parallel that fits so well. And he says, I have come to give my life and to guide my sheep because they know my voice. And moreover, I know everything of them. I know them intimately. I know who they are, what they do, what they will ever do, what they have done, what they are going through, where they are, if they fall. I know their weaknesses and I know their sins. I know all of them and everything of them. In all that he does, in all that he says, the shepherd here, he is actually displaying all his love, his particular precious love for each and every one of his sheep. It's one thing to speak about God's love for this world, but it's something so precious and interesting and deep to see that Jesus says here, I have come for them, for these sheep whom I love and for whom I lay down my life. Them I will guide in good pastures. I will make sure that they will be fed and nourished and I will protect them. You surely have heard of that shepherd who became a minister, so famous in Scotland years ago, Macmillan, I think his name is. And when he was away from his flock for some years and he returned to that field and he whistled or whistled or he spoke with his own voice, those old sheep that knew him immediately came after him and drew near. That's how sheep are. That's why Jesus came for you who are his sheep. Because at his voice you immediately know him and follow him. And that's why he speaks and guides you. And because he is good, he has the skills and the power and the ability to lead you and to keep you into safe ground and to lead you unto heaven itself. Or oh, if you were left to yourself, you couldn't 
go far few meters from hell towards heaven but because of the good shepherd because he has given his life and he has promised to guide you then he will bring you there and fourthly and lastly this good shepherd gathers he not only gives his life and guides his sheep but if you notice verse 16 after he has said that he is he will lay down his life for the sheep he says in verse 16 i have other sheep in another fold and he says them also i must bring and they shall hear my voice and there shall be one fold and one shepherd that's also the work of the shepherd he's able to gather all his own true sheep and he's speaking here specifically of this fold meaning the jewish nation the jewish believers there at the time and he's looking ahead to the ends of the world to the other nations that will have to be brought together he's speaking about you too who believe today and trust him as your shepherd the good shepherd says says i must bring them all to And when Jesus, the good shepherd, says, I must, you can have the confidence that he will. He has the power to do it. Here is Christ declaring to be equal with the Father. He has given proof of his divinity. And having been faithful to the eternal covenant, Within the Trinity, he is now declaring this. He has come, he has obeyed the Father. He has obeyed the Father to the end. He has been willing to lay down his life to that cross. And if he says, I must bring them all and they will hear my voice, you can rest assured that this plan will be concluded. None of his ideas will fall apart. He will gather all his sheep and will sanctify you to his own glory. I was reading the other day uh, in my meditation to the end of Genesis. You remember when Jacob at the end of his life is ending up in Egypt after so many years of believing that his dear Joseph was dead. But then he finally will embrace him again. He will live in the last years of his life in Egypt, surrounded by all his children, Joseph included. And when he spoke to Pharaoh, meeting Pharaoh there, he says, he was actually more than 140 years old and he said few and evil my days have been 
But when he's blessing his children in his deathbed, surrounded by his children, he is able to stay. This is in Genesis 40, 49. He is declaring of his God that led him to this point. He speaks of the God of Jacob as his mighty hand. The God of my father that has helped me. And he says, he uses this word, the shepherd, the stone of Israel. That's what Jacob is enabled to say by faith in front of his children. He's acknowledging that all his evil days, in all his troubles, and in all his difficulties, in all his anguish, and in all his sins past, he can say there, blessing his seed, foreseeing the church of God established, being established here on earth. He acknowledges that's the God of Israel. My God, the shepherd, the one who has not failed me. And so here is the Lord Jesus Christ declaring to you today why he has come, that he is good, supremely good, and he has come to lay down his life as the good shepherd to save you from your sins, from your eternal punishment. And moreover, he is promising to be such a good shepherd, able to guide you and to gather you all along the other sheep in this world, in this old time before his return, from any nation, languages, denominations of the visible Church of Christ. And in doing so, this shepherd is actually placing you in, this, in the midst of this wonderful relationship of love that he has with his father. He says, Therefore my father loves me because I lay down my life that I can take it again. This is what he has done. And this is when he says that he gathers you with himself. He is bringing you into this perfect relationship, spiritual relationship of forgiveness and of love with himself and God the Father. Whether you have been a sheep for a long time to remember that your shepherd is good and has given his life for you will strengthen your faith, in fact. And I hope it will. That you may be comforted in remembering that he is able to guide you still and you are not left to your own. As he has saved you, he is powerful to keep you and to bring you to himself where he is. Your salvation is not on your own hands, in your own hands. 
it is to the glory of God. And if you are still not one of his sheep today, well, there's the opportunity. Because if you desire to be truly under this wonderful guidance and uh, goodness of the shepherd, all you have to do is trust him. He will not cast you away. But if in confession you see your sins and you tell him that you need him and see him receiving the punishment that you deserve, then you are one of his sheep. He will take you with him and never leave you nor forsake you. May the Good Shepherd bless you all. Let us pray. Precious Father in heaven, we give you thanks this day as we are enabled to meditate upon your word once more. And so we pray that all things that are not pleasing to yourself, all the things that all the thoughts that have distracted us may be taken away, and that we may be filled once more by your word and promises alone that you are the good shepherd that gives his life, that God that guides his sheep with his voice and that will gather them all together with him for all eternity. Father, bless each one, we pray. Bless your word for all your people here and all those who seek your face, we pray for Jesus' sake. Amen. Amen. We shall sing in conclusion Psalm 23. And I would encourage you to sing this psalm that is so well known, not mechanically, because we have sung this so many times, but really pondering each word and Asking yourself if you truly know this shepherd. If you really sing these words because he is your shepherd. And you are willing to lay your life at his feet. And let him guide you and save you. So trust this shepherd as you sing Psalm 23.
May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. Amen.